A small-time thief steals a car and impulsively murders a motorcyclist policeman. Wanted by the authorities, he reunites with a hip American journalist in Paris and attempts to persuade her to run away to Roma, Italy. In this edition of Spoilers, we will be reviewing Breathless, Jean-Luc Godard's 1960 classic. Um, <clears throat> spoiler, Patricia is a louse and turned Michelle in, who is gunned down in the streets. Also, Michelle wants to sleep with you. Right. Welcome to Spoilers First Podcast. You want to listen to on the way uh, back home from the movies or right before if you don't give a shit like us. Um, let's start it off with a little bit of an intro. I'm Vinny V here in Denver, the intern. It's real, by the way. Um, Mikey, <laughs> take it off for us. My name is Mikey. Uh, I live at home with my mother and I'm sad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie. My name is Stevie. I also live at home with my mother, but... I am soon moving in with a female. It's not and, too late. Uh, getting married to that female, so I'll probably be sad all the time as well. Coming up here shortly. Fantastic! This is a this is a sad podcast. Pappy, run away <laughs> with it. Take my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pappy in Minneapolis. I live with a cat, and That's life's pretty good. <laughs> a female cat. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, would you look at that? Well, to start this off, um, I think I kind of gave that rundown of, uh, of what the uh, film was about. Um, primarily, I would just say this is a, almost like a, a, a love, romantic drama, in a sense. Could you give us the French title, uh, please? Uh, yeah, I could say it. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correct, but I think it's About de Soufflé. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. so that's, uh, that's the actual title. Uh, released March 7th, 1960 in France. Um, I'm not sure if the American release was different or not. I looked it up. It didn't really seem like uh, there, was, there was a difference in that, but um, that was the title released in French, which is a direct translation to Breathless, I believe, using Google uh, Translate there. Um, but uh, just kind of started off, yeah. Um, Michel, a car thief, uh, basically is a suave mofo, um, always smoking a fat cigarette, and uh, wearing a cool hat, um, basically just goes around and tries to get tail all the time and uh, steal some cars. But uh, um, <clears throat> as far as as far as the movie goes, um, what does uh, sad Mikey, who lives with his mom, think about it? Uh, I actually enjoyed it. It was uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked uh, the cinematography was pretty good, and there were some scenes that were like five minutes long without cuts. Yeah, and I don't know if they were just like improvising. Or if it was scripted or not, but I thought that was pretty cool. Nobody really does that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was reading somewhere, just kind of go off that with the unscripted that um, director Godard basically was making up the lines kind of as he was going, and while they were filming it, he would throw the actors and actresses their lines right before they shot it, um, and so they actually mm -hmm. didn't have like a script to read off of, and so <clears throat> it kind of gave that. I'm not really sure what his purpose there was to do that, but I think it was, it was tried to going after, you know, more of a realistic feel uh, of these characters. And so he dished them out those lines um, right before they shot, but sorry to jump in there and uh, <clears throat> um, cut no, you off. That's fine. Uh, I also liked, uh, there's like some quirky scenes or whatever, where uh, this one guy gets hit by a car and Michelle just walks over and looks at him and 
sees that he's dead and just walks away like nothing happens. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, there's some other scenes like that where it's just like a little surreal, like that that wouldn't really happen in real life. Like someone would be concerned, he wouldn't just walk away like that. Yeah, yeah. He um, was a, he was a shisty guy, you know. I think we saw that kind of first when he got to Paris. Um, he he asked if that girl was in, and she wasn't. And uh, uh, Patricia. And uh, he just reached behind the counter and stole the key and went up and, and basically slept uh, in that. Well, actually, no, that was a different girl. Um, I, I forget her name. I can look that up. I'm uh, <laughs> misspoken there. But the, when he stole the key, it was a different girl, um, which they didn't really talk about much after that. Um, but uh, I think that was kind of just showing his character. Obviously, he steals cars. And that was shown um, almost in that first scene there with a the different girl than uh, Patricia. Um, but uh, uh, just kind of like you were saying, he's, he was conniving where he – reached behind the counter and, and stole the key and just went and slept uh, in, in a random mm. girl's place. It was kind of uh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stevie? Another... Oh, go ahead, Stevie. Uh, you actually just brought up my least favorite scene of the whole movie. I felt like that scene in that apartment carried on and carried on and carried on. And, and they were, <laughs> I felt like the whole time they were just speaking in nonsense like she, they would just say words that didn't really connect at all. See, that was my and favorite then, part about it, and I think that, I don't know if it's just me relating to uh, a scumbag guy that just trying to bang girls all the time, but um, I think it was more so like playful flirting because he's always like, "You love me, I love you. You don't love me," kind of thing. Uh, and and maybe it's just French people. I mean, honestly, I mean, this was 1960 uh, and a French film, obviously. So um, it, it could just be like kind of a different kind of culture thing of uh, maybe how they flirt or whatnot, but that's kind of what I took it as, and I enjoyed it. So it's interesting to hear that you didn't like the scene. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I believe you're referring to when Michelle and Patricia were in Patricia's apartment and she came back after uh, a right. date with, with, with the other reporter um, um, that she was kind of romantic with. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Michelle kind of breaks into her, to her apartment and uh, for the second time he breaks into an apartment, I suppose. Um, but it's interesting that you didn't like that part. Yeah, it just kind of felt like it really just dragged on and on and on. And on I was and just kind of like, all right. So that was also one of those scenes that was no cuts for like five minutes. So yeah. I kind of appreciated yeah. that. Is Pappy still here? Pappy's here. Well, so I, I actually read, so in that apartment, um, <laughs> getting like the cast and crew in there was really hard. And that's why they kind of shot it in the morning because there was no way they could get any anybody in there for lighting. And I guess... I, and I think I might have read this on IMDb, so I'll take it for what it is. But I, I think the trivia was uh, that there was only like eight inches around the bed of floor. So the, it was like a crammed small space uh, that they were dealing with. So it was, a, it was really interesting that it was such a long scene. Um, uh, I'm sure that was a, a, a tough one to film. Uh, another thing to note would be the jump cut. Uh, this is the first movie kind of, I think, ever, uh, that a director introduced the jump cut. So if you remember when he stole that first car in the opening scene, um, there's several jump cuts where it, it kind of goes, uh, it, you can see that the scenery changes, but he's still driving the car, and it's kind of just progressing and pushing forward the timeline, yeah, but uh, which is I, I read that that was really more cool. of, a, of a practical thing. Like, he didn't in, intend to invent the jump cut, it just kind of ended up being edited that way did anybody else oh yeah he wasn't trying to invent anything and i i, I believe um we might have read the same thing but uh he was 
kind of going off a friend director uh, who said, cut out the, the fluff. Uh, your film's kind of slow because of that. And then, uh, I can't find his name, the other director right now. I'll look it up here. Wasn't it originally uh, a really long like cut? Like, didn't he like, in, like, originally film a lot of film? Probably. And I think that's why the jump cut kind of came. And I remember seeing this for the first time. So this is uh, probably the third time I've seen this movie. And I remember seeing it for the first time. It was really throwing me off. But I enjoyed it. I don't know. What was your guys' take on the jump cut? I really liked the Because uh, in conversation, it kind of sped up the conversation. It's also breaking, uh, in a sense, the the film construct of, of you're watching a film. It, it's kind of brought to your attention more so. It was a taboo uh, thing at the time. But what did you guys think of the jump cut? I liked it. I thought it added some charm to the movie. I mean, if you're going to watch an old movie like this, I think part of the fun of it is to see how Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Just added like to the quirkiness of the whole movie. The whole movie yeah. is like kind of hipstery, like things are a little out of place. <laughs> yeah, right. I wanted to see it the whole time because Michelle yeah, made so it look that, so cool. I don't even smoke cigs. <laughs> you just made it look so cool. Yeah, and did you see he always, uh, well, I don't know how, I, I call it butt-fucking when you take like a cigarette and light another cigarette with the butt. He was, he did that like several times. I, he did use matches, but yeah. Yeah, he was chain-smoking, that's for sure. Uh, Stevie, what do you think about the jump cut? I actually really liked the jump cut. Um, I think, you know, I like how he brought up that it really wasn't intended. It just kind of happened that way. <laughs> you know, most films of the period, I mean, especially with American films, I haven't watched many uh, films of the cinematic new wave in France, but... Many films at the time, if you were just going to go to another scene, would kind of do that. I guess I call it a washover effect where you kind of see the original scene fade away into the next one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this film kind of took that away, which I really appreciate. And the jump cut was cool to see. Um, I really like the tracking shot of um, Michel running across those fields when he initially kills that policeman. Yeah, that was that cool. was an really awesome like shot. I mean, the cinematography on that was just fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, I think... I think we should note oh, as well that this is Godard's uh, um, directing debut. So this is the first movie he's ever directed. And it's interesting that he kind of uh, created, in a sense, a, a new way to film uh, with the jump cut. And now it's like a thing. It's, a, it's you know, it's, it's, it's defined. It's uh, people still use it. I think that's pretty interesting that, you know, it's his debut film and uh, that, that that comes out. Um, an another thing to know off that uh, <clears throat> would be, I, I think, the best use of it now, and I, I don't know if you guys watch Portlandia, but the opening scene, um, the when they play the All Washed Out song, when mm -hmm. they're doing the jump cuts from like uh, the train going by and, and that old guy and, and whatever, but the street views and the bridges and whatnot. I think that's a really cool use of the jump cuts. Um, and just a note, Fred Armistead, uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic editor, uh, and I think he is outspoken as someone that's interesting, or not interested but uh, I guess uh, uh, an editing enthusiast. Uh, but I'm kind of rambling here. I don't think Pappy's given his his full opinion here. Drew, shoot it away. What'd you think? Yeah, uh, I really, really liked it. Um, there were, the, the I think the one scene that Stevie mentioned was the one time where I was like looking at my watch and was getting kind of antsy. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought overall, and, and you found this in a film class at our alma mater, Indiana yeah, University, was, right? Absolutely correct. It was uh, it was a movie we had to watch and write a report on, actually. 
um, this was, that was the first time I saw it. And, uh, um, well, yeah, that, that really loved it. Back I mean, then. that makes a lot of sense to me. Cause I mean, like there were things like, would I ever just sit down on a Saturday and watch this movie? Probably not other than for this podcast. You wouldn't pick it up for sure. But, yeah. but like watching it, there were a lot of things that you see today in film, like the, the, tra- the long tracking shots, especially the one in the, uh, the hotel lobby and the, uh, when she's uh, they're walking down the streets of Paris in New York Daily Herald or something like that. <laughs> New York Herald Tribune. I think that's what it was. Yeah, but I, that was cool too. The tracking shots. Uh, he breaks the fourth wall too, which back in nineteen sixty, yeah, I, I, I was like, huh. that. That was that was when he stole the first car in the opening scene. Yeah, he, he turns the camera. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. Um, and then, yeah, the jump cuts. It feels like a very important movie. And, and like I, I just enjoyed watching old stuff like this. I like the, the outfits. I like seeing Paris back then. I thought it was cool. So, yeah, I liked it. Michelle, yeah. Michelle is the original dead <laughs> breaking the fourth wall. Michelle, he is. Yeah, we should. Uh, it's good to mention that we watched Deadpool. Uh, we reviewed that on the last episode of Spoilers and uh, Notorious for Breaking the Fourth Wall. Did uh, He uh, had that sort of boxing thing going on, right, where he would pretend to be a boxer. Did you know that he was actually a boxer in real life, I think I had read? Uh, um, I think, what was his I real think name? you're right. Yeah. yeah, I think I've seen and that. He was a, I, I don't have his real name in front of me, but he was supposedly a really good boxer. Like He won his first three fights with first-round knockouts and then retired to do acting. Are you talking about Michelle? Yeah. Man? It's uh, Jean-Paul Belmondo. Jean-Paul Belmondo. <laughs> Which is funny that the uh, lead actor, they're all Jean. So it's uh, Jean-Paul, it's Jean-Luc, and then uh, I don't, I believe the girl's name is Jean, um, Patricia. Jean Seberg. Jean yeah, Jean. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that they're, <laughs> the director and the two main stars are all Jean or Jean, spelled the correct, uh, spelled the same, J-E-A-N. Made it super confusing to read about online. <laughs> Had a hard time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A really so hard time keeping now. things straight. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, the one, the one other thing I wanted to touch on though too uh, is the concept of the anti-hero and how popular that is now. And especially, yeah. I all of a sudden I was watching this movie, I'm like, hey, this guy's kind of a dick. And like, you, you find yourself not rooting for him at some point. But even... Even the girl was kind of, I don't know. They're all super self-absorbed characters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the best lines um, from the film, oh, shoot, what was it? I don't want to misquote it, but it was something like, Michelle was talking to Patricia and he was like, no, we're not in love because every time we're together, I talk about me and you talk about you when we should be talking about Well, the other. first line of the movie I is Michelle that. saying, after all, I'm an yeah, asshole, yeah. right? And then lights up like the fattest yeah. sig ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fighting and him being a fighter, now I read this, and I don't know if it's a, a factor uh, or not, um, but a fun kind of trivia of this movie was um, director Godard called in to the producers that he likes sick, and he just couldn't make it in the film that day. And it was a relatively small cast uh, and crew, um, so, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. He called in, and uh, the producer then, you know, he's like, yeah, like, take, like, take the day off, you're sick, whatever. And he went to uh, a cafe, and at that cafe, Godard was there. And apparently, the, the uh, director and producer of the film got in a fist fight because he called off work, and they were, he was out, like, at a, at a lunch. I thought that was a funny story. Who knows if it's actually true? Uh, read it on... Uh, <laughs> um, um, excuse me, IMDb. So, you know, who knows if it's true, but I thought it was a funny story. I also read it on yeah. IMDb. Yeah, yeah. So it's but, true. Yeah, so it's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> so still, I also speaking read of that small thing, cast so. and crew, uh, no one is credited for this film. It, the, uh, the film that's been released, like, 
there's no credits. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, <clears throat> not that we would have torrented these or anything, but uh, you know, even on the Amazon watching, because um, I believe it's on the Amazon Prime as well. Uh, but this film has no credits, so no one was accredited uh, for the film, which is kind of funny. Oh, and I just found the uh, quote. When we talked, I talked about me. You talked about you when we should have talked about each other. And I think that was kind of going off what Pappy said, that uh, they're self-absorbed characters and that they're, you know, kind of form themselves. Um, yeah, great. So going off that, um, I, I think uh, it sounds like everyone had a, a, a nice experience, at least uh, saw some news. Um, as far as Michelle and Patricia and the other beautiful women of this movie, who would you do? One of our favorite segments we like to talk about. Who would you bang? I'm going to have Money Mike start it off. He's so money, you don't even know it. Who would you do? Uh, Well, you got to go with Patricia. I mean, she was obviously the most beautiful girl in the movie. Yeah. Main character. Yeah. She's very pretty. And the other girls in the movie were only characters for like a minute, so I can't really remember their faces. Yeah, the first girl they met I think was cute as well. Uh, but yeah. I kind of don't even remember her. I just watched it this morning. So, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Stevie, who'd you do? Uh, I'd say uh, definitely Patricia. I think she was she was a yeah. fox, even with short hair. She was pretty darn good looking. If not her, <laughs> then Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Can we quick? What was the point of that whole Humphrey Bogart scene? That was like three minutes of an homage just to him like what did anybody read anything about that or think that was weird maybe that's where french film was at at the time i mean it's 1960 uh i mean i don't know if french film kind of went off western film for a while uh but uh i did really appreciate the incorporation of him maybe you know people in france still really really looked up to him I'm he not was sure. dead at that point right he died in 57 google search mm, not sure okay. Remind me of the scene. Remind yeah, me of the scene yeah, that you guys are yeah, yeah. talking about. Uh, he's, I forget, he's like at a movie theater, I think, and there's a big picture, and he does the Michelle thing where he rubs his thumb across mm-hmm. his lips. And I don't, is it, that was a nervous tick yeah. of Humphrey's. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was like his, uh, it was an actual nervous tick of Humphrey Bogart. He yeah. did it in a lot of his films and just in real but, life. But yeah, in he did it throughout the movie too, towards Patricia, is kind of like a blowing her a kiss almost. And she does it at the mm-hmm. end too, right? She does. She does in the very last scene. She's. I do at believe camera. so. Um, and I think I spoiled this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Michelle has gunned down, and uh, she's kind of looking into his uh, lifeless body, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, she, she, she says, um, <laughs> "Well, Michelle calls says something, and she can't hear it. And she's like, what did he say?' And uh, and uh, like a police, he called you a louse. And she says, what is a louse? And then she rubs her lips and it's kind of cut and it says fiend. F-I-N for you. But what's that? Yours said louse? Yeah, Your subtitle said louse at the end? Yeah, what would yours say? Mine said uh, he called you puke. Oh, wait, no, mine did too. Mine said uh, my subtitle said it makes him want to puke or something. And it's like, what, what yeah, then, then she's like, what is puke or something like that? Mine's interesting. But everything I read online said yeah. louse. So I don't know what was going on with the Amazon iTunes. I, I bought my, I, I watched mine off I iTunes. I did mine off Amazon, so. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't torrent or anything. I thought, 
At the library. At the library. <laughs> I, I ran into VHS. <laughs> oh, okay. I totally know the, the Humphrey library, Bogart part that you're talking about. And it just like stared at his picture. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and, and the movie yeah. was pretty fast paced other than the bedroom scene, and that felt like a weird yeah, distraction that was. to me. That was. And he even called, like, Humphrey Bogart by, like, his nickname being Bogey. So. Bogey. 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 Yeah, I just thought it was uh, a cool allusion to Humphrey Bogart because he's also Casablanca. one of my actors. But, okay, so. Is it mine? That and the multiple. My who oh, would yeah, you sir, do? Sorry, we kind of derailed, derailed that. Pappy, who would you do? Sorry about that. Pappy. No, no problem. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Mich- the Michelle character, I think one of the girls says something at, at one point saying, oh, he's super tall. He's 5'11", which I like that because I'm 5'11". I don't think I'm Damn, super Pappy, tall. you tall. So, and then another thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I also thought it was funny how all of the I think the model characters, both the woman in the beginning, who you think is is a love interest, and Patricia, both said something about models like, "Oh, yeah. you have to so sleep around." They said, "Still making films? No, yeah. you have to sleep around." And that was that was a reoccurring thing. It was said two or three times, like you said. Yeah, so, uh, so that puts out any of the other female characters. So I have to go with Patricia. Plus, I dig the pixie yeah, cut. Um, Going off that, I think that's one of the best pixie cuts ever. <laughs> like, really, she really pulls it off. Yeah. Um, and Very well done. Well, did you guys read anything about her? Her story is fucking is insane. Like, like, okay, well, she comes from Iowa, does a couple movies, moves to Europe, moves back, I think, and then gets, in, like, and then, like, gets on this, like, FBI list for being super anti-war. Like, she has a kid die or something. Yeah, and like being a supporter, like she got on the same list essentially as like uh, civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King. Um, she was aggressively Black stalked Panthers. by the FBI uh, for years. It sounds like and ended up killing herself. Wow! At the age of forty, I did not know that. And, and there's a huge, a huge conspiracy theory that it was a, a murder set up by the FBI. Weird. I did not Probably. read that. It was pretty uh, crazy. What? Kind of like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, it was a crazy story of her life, and then I, think, I think this is pretty much the only. I didn't really look into any of the characters' IMDb's, but this is everyone's biggest movie, right? Yeah, by far. Everyone's best movie. It's everyone's best movie by far. Yeah. 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 I mean, because Gene Seberg, she did a movie in the in the states before this movie, and it right. bombed, like historically bombed, and this was kind of like her comeback into cinema. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess Pappy was saying, though, it's kind of a really sad story because, I mean, I think she was also a supporter of the Black Panthers. Yeah, I think that's what got her on that list. Yeah. Like, there's photos of her and the Black Panthers, and she OD'd on uh, barbiturates in Paris. There you go. City of Death. Who would I do? I think, uh, (laughs) I think, yeah, I think so. The Big Apple. Is that what they call it? Paris, the Big Apple. I think that's right. Uh, No, but so who would I do? And I think this is going to be the second week in a row I pick a dude. (laughs) Uh, but Michel, um, I think he was a suave kind of guy. And I think the character that Patricia plays, she's a young girl from New York City, moved to Paris. And at one point, she's like, she mentioned that, like, she's still living off her parents and whatnot. So, like, if you think about it, like, 1960, a girl moves from New York City to Paris, you know, uh, I think, or it's still even today. I mean, that, that Frenchman, you know, that's... Uh, that's the dude. I, I think he had the moves. Uh, he was suave, uh, creepy at points, but um, I think he played it well. 
<laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> definitely, definitely a creep. creep. But I think he played it pretty well, and uh, I would say him. Um, but I think I said Ronald Reynolds last week. Well, plus, so, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think I'm on a gay train here. I don't know. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. But, you know. Yeah. I would, I would. <laughs> well, Patricia's kind of a psycho, though. Like, what was that whole end game where she calls the cops and goes back to the apartment and is like, hey, I called the cops? That did not play out how I thought it yeah. would. Like, well, so, like, yeah. And um, when Patricia no. called the cops on him, uh, Michelle was basically like, why did you do that? I'm going to just get caught because I love you. Which he was really irrational, I think, the entire movie. It, um, well, even for as bad of a person he was, I thought that he was going to shoot her, backhand her, or like really do something to push him over the pregnant? anti-hero was she edge. And he pregnant? didn't. Like he, he was still in love with her. I kind of like that. I don't think he was that bad of a guy. Besides, I mean, he stole cars. <laughs> yeah, he, was, but he, he murdered a like, cop. That's why they were going after him. Towards anybody. And then there was the battle oh, yeah, about the, the entire movie. He no was stealing money from people. And even like the girls that he was sleeping with, he was stealing money. But there's that bathroom scene where he's like washing his hands and he sees another guy comes in. He, he judo chops oh, him. That like, was uh, so funny. Judo chop. And then he like drags him into a stall <laughs> and he walks out with cash. I think that was another jump cut where it jump cut him with him walking out with cash. Uh, but that was, that was one professional judo chap. <laughs> Sorry, I was drunk for the it's entire movie. Disabled. I forgot a lot. But it. speaking of uh, <laughs> John uh, John Paul Belmondo, there the uh, Michelle. Um, it's kind of funny to see him now because he's just like that grandpa looking kind of guy. Um, for any of our listeners, uh, I, I think we're the only listeners. But <laughs> go ahead and, and Google a picture of him. Uh, it, it, he's kind of funny looking. Um, I don't know how to describe him. Almost like a. Almost like a Sylvester Stallone uh, European version. I don't know. He's still alive. Yes, he is. Yeah. Still alive? Yeah. He had, a, he had a big stroke, and he, I think he lost half of uh, loss of control for like six years over the right side of his body, but but is now acting again. Acting again? Did not know that. There you go. Well, cool, cool. We got uh, Who Would You Do? I think we're going to move it on to a yes-no rating here. Um, basically... Uh, let's take a quick commercial Bring break. Bring in the commercial. Uh, all of our sponsors: uh, Amazon, iTunes, uh, Apple products, uh, uh, Trump, <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Um, uh, alrighty. Yes. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> uh, yes. Right, so no. Next? Trivia. Outro. Oh, cool. I gotta I'm gonna take a piss then too. Vince, how bad is your trivia bad. question? It's like, I, if I would have prepared more, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't with the trivia question. I probably could have came up with like a really cool question. That's what I wanted to do. But, you know, but and we have to make questions that are not that not everyone can, you know, not like a yes or no or like who is the director of this. You know what I mean? It's got to be like right. only yeah. one person can get it right. Yeah. Should we bring it back? All right, welcome back to Spoilers. We are wrapping up this segment here of uh, Breathless, the 1960 black and white classic by Jean-Luc Godard. Um, right now, we're going to go into the yes or no segment of this uh, uh, podcast where we basically just run down and say, yes, we would see this film. No, we wouldn't. Uh, it's kind of uh, our, uh, our rating system here. I'll start off and say, hell yes. Obviously, I picked it. I think that's kind of an automatic yes. Um, but uh, Pappy mentioned that I saw this film in a film class. Um, at, uh, at school uh, at Indiana University and uh, ever since I've loved this movie and uh, I'm really glad that we could have been talking about it I'm really glad to actually share it um, you know you, you tell your friends to go see a 
a black and white 1960 French film with subtitles, and you usually get fuck off, no thanks. Uh, I'm gonna go watch Transformers and uh, uh, smoke a bong. But you know, I, I think this is a fantastic movie, and I, I, I would love to get more people to watch it just because uh, I think it's good for film, it's good for uh, entertainment, and uh, it's a fun movie all, overall. Um, let's go to Pappy. Yes, or no? uh, I have to go uh, 100% yes for me. Um, we both checked oh. the Internet Movie Database to read the trivia. That's one of the first places I go to. And then the last point was that it appears in uh, a book that I've had for years now, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. little plug for that book. So I read the article. There you go. Now you have just a thousand yeah, more I, to go. So I read, the, I read the article in there, and I think he hit it pretty much on the head that for Gen X, Gen Y, Millennials, they might have a hard time relating to this movie. And, and I think – too because a large part of the plot is uh him trying to get in touch with someone uh which nowadays you just text them or whatever but a lot of it's playing phone tag with the guy who owes them money uh but i think that if you're Good someone point. who likes movies and, and can identify things like tracking shots or breaking the fourth wall or jump cuts or a, the concept of an anti-hero and appreciate that definitely check it out a fun uh fun foreign movie and i like france so he likes france Pappy's in France. I believe uh, there was a good tweet Pappy had about visiting Paris. Um, let's go to Money Mike. What do you think? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I agree with everything uh, Drew said. And uh, I think it shows, like, uh, it's like a reflection of modern-day relationships, how, like, this guy is trying to get with as many girls as possible while he still kind of likes one main girl. So I think that's, like, I think... If people have a hard time relating to the other subject matter in the movie, they can relate to that at least. How like everybody kind of has multiple partners now. Uh, yeah. No, sort of. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> Is, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like that's coming from the he guy was kind of like up with, uh, I'm living in uh, my bomb's base. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of like he was kind of like Tinder on his own, yeah. like running around hitting up girls. He was trolling. I don't know. So I think movie, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's kind of like relatable at least. Like, uh, but yeah, all the artsy director stuff that Pappy mentioned, it's pretty good in this movie. There's a lot of things that haven't really been done before, and it's, it's a quirky movie with like the karate chop scene that Very you should just YouTube that on its own because it's hilarious. Definitely, definitely should. So is that I'll take that as a yes. Yeah, as a yes. We have three yeses there, and uh, we're gonna take it finally to. Our man Stevie, and uh, he was trolling me all week about this. Just because you troll the movies always... that I always select. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was gonna. Yeah, we we're we're always bantering and trolling each other, um, and, and often saying things Uh-oh. we really don't uh, believe. But I think I think you were just kind of giving me shit uh, just to fuck with me, and I think that was kind of funny. But I want to hear your true opinion, yes or no. Um, I don't know. This is a two-sided coin here. Uh, this movie is not for the casual movie fan whatsoever. I put this under the category of you have to love movies to enjoy well, it. This is podcast, to be fair, I would say. Well, I know, but in general, I mean, True. it's just kind of one of those movies. I put it under like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or like Syriana movies like that, where you just kind of have to love movies to like like it. Uh, but I'll give it a yes, uh, just for the fact that um, I mean, there's a lot of cool tracking shots. Cinematography was awesome. My biggest complaint with it was that there was really no story and the dialogue was really weak. Well, some of that could have been the translation. Well, we can't necessarily call the dialogue weak when we've had two different translations brought up as well well, as 
we don't speak the, the native language. So uh, I would actually be really interested in and in, in having someone that speaks French uh, listen uh, to the film. Um, that's also <sighs> speaks uh, English as well and kind of get their perspective on the translations and, um, uh, and maybe just the dialogue in general. But I, I think that's a good point. Um, the dialogue was cheesy, but it, it's tough when it's translated. But also, um, it had one, it, like could, my, it had one of my favorite me. lines in movie history, though. Which was? Which What's was, that? Uh, she was interviewing that um, that author named Parvalescu. Yeah, weird scene. And, uh, and she kept trying yeah. to ask him what his ambition in life was. And this was one yeah. of the like most, I mean, this was like gangster, like drop the to mic. To become immortal. <laughs> Let me finish, Pappy. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down. And then, um, you, you know, she keeps trying to get him and he kind of ignores her because they're talking about how American women and French women are completely different. Hey, sorry. So he was, what was he supposed to be? Like an erotic writer? Is that? He was just an author. But, but he, he, he was like a like really well known author. All the questions were super sexually charged that he was. Well, it was, I think he was. Well, no. So what I, I, what I think that was, was sexism. Because uh, if, you, if you run it back, he answers all the men's questions and keeps kind of like putting Avoiding her on the side. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the first time he answers her is an extremely sexist kind of like. Do women have a role to really play? Nice Do women dress. have a role to play in modern society? I think is the first question, right? And and I think he said, yeah, if you wear a striped dress like yeah, that glasses, or something, yeah. and then he goes to the next question. Right, and he talks about like how American like how me, American men want to be dominated by American women, and how French women and French men are completely different. I think he was. It was fair to say he's pretty misogynistic, wouldn't you You're say? Saying men are from Mars, women are yeah. from. Uh, it was also 1960. Yeah, uh, which is understandable, but uh, the times, yeah. But the cool line was like she kept asking what his ambition in life was, and he's just like, "My ambition to finally answer your question is to become immortal and then yeah, die." Yeah, that's probably the best line of the whole. That movie. that was the best line of the a, whole movie. That's a crazy good line. Yeah, so yeah. I give it a yes. Cool. Well, that's four yeses. We'll call this certified spoiled. <laughs> I don't know how much we can I use that certified because we're not completely preserved. We preserved, uh, yeah, certain tomato site. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite <laughs> recipe site. Um, anyways, uh, now we're gonna go on to trivia, and what we do with trivia here, um, basically, the winner um, of trivia then picks the next week's movie that we're gonna be talking about, um, and uh, and uh, also hosts. So it's kind of fun what we do here. Um, I won obviously last since I'm hosting. So let me shoot off uh, this trivia question, and uh, <clears throat> here it is. How old was John Paul Belamondo upon finishing the movie? What was his age when he played Michel? Like his real age. Okay, so how does it, are you going to go one by one? Stevie first. 35. It, so what we're going to do is uh, closest. If, uh, if you go over, you don't. If, well, we'll just do closest because over is uh, – is, is kind Just of weird close. with age. So closest oh. to his age. Okay, I yeah. say uh, 35. 35? Well, let me go Mike. next. Mikey, Mikey should have the advantage uh, since he hasn't hosted yet. 20, uh, Pappy, 26. You go. We got 35, 26. Money, what do you got? 28. 28. All right. Well, we're going to have our first tie on the oh! here. He was 27 years oh, old at no. the time. Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome. Battle Royale. Thunderdome. All right, all right. I have a tiebreaker wow. question. Beyond Pappy Dome. Um, you came prepared. And, uh, <laughs> I came prepared. 
So I don't know how good this question is going to be, but it's going to be between I hope we you two as well. Uh, I don't think you can tie. Well, you could, uh, but we're going to do we're going to do what month was this released? And uh, maybe you guys have your IMDb no. open right now, so uh, we'll we'll see. But what month was this released uh, upon the USA release? The USA release. Do I get to play? No, you're out. No. Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> July. July says path. Money Mike. I'll say May. May. And May Fuck. is the winner. It came out on February 7th, 1961 <laughs> in the USA. I just found that out um, because it came out in March 7th, 1960, which if you guys were listening earlier, I did say March 7th um, um, for the French release. But here we got a new winner, Money Mike. And uh, to run away with it, what uh, is going to be uh, next week's film? Well... Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get oh, on up, no. it's bobsled time. <laughs> nice. Cool runnings. <laughs> yeah, wow. Cool runnings, fantastic. Nice. I have not seen that movie in too long. Well, that's fantastic. That ends another fantastic, fun episode of Spoilers. I am Vince, the intern from Denver. Math teacher, Mark, math paper. It's real. <laughs> I'm, I'm Stevie, Mikey. coming from my mom's basement. I'm Poppymon. Thank you for listening to Spoilers. <laughs> Are you an expert in French New Wave cinema? Email us at podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Think we're a bunch of dumbasses who don't know what we're talking about? Tweet at us at, at spoilerspodcast. That's at S-P-O-I-L-E-R-S-P-D-C-S-T on the Twitter. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs>